Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Okay, here we go. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, as always. Just love having you coming on board with us. And uh, we have been faithfully coming on board with you for, oh my goodness, what, since 2007? Yeah, we've been doing this for a while. I especially want to say hello to all of our listeners uh, over in Southeast Asia, uh, and in the India area, we are heard on Ghana.com, and it's spelled uh, G-A-A-N-A.com. And Ghana.com is India's largest commercial music streaming service with over 200 million monthly users. And our show airs on the Ghana.com network. So go to their website, take a look at all of the different other shows, radio shows, podcasts, music shows on the Ghana.com network. And we also are are heard on the GeoSavid network, and that's spelled J-I-O-S. A V no it's two A's I'm wrong two words J I O S A A V N and S V is in victory and so our show is airs on that network and it is a huge one also the, this network has offices in New York California Mumbai uh, Gurugan and Bangalore so that's just a lot of people all around the world. And our show is a part of the Geo Savan uh, a family of shows. And so we want to thank both of these networks. They are huge, uh, located, of course, in Southeast Asia. And we want to say hello to all of our fans who are listening uh, from that part of the world and such beautiful people. I've never I've been around the world, but I've never been to Southeast Asia. I've been to Hong Kong, though, and uh, would just love to one day, hopefully when all this virus craziness gets settled and hopefully done forever, I can come over to meet the people uh, at those networks and just say hello to the fans over there, the listeners. We would just love to do that. Okay, um, before we get to our show, I just want to the rest of our show just want to let you know that we have um we're putting together some new segments for the new year which will be coming shortly we're just right around the corner from 2022 and so uh we want you to continue to support us and listen listen to us and uh we will bring you and deliver our part on the whole thing so today's show we have some two very talented guests one is a filmmaker and one is a New York Times best-selling author. And so we'll be getting to them shortly. But before we get to our guests, 
I want to tell you about a particular product that uh, is very helpful, especially in the winter time. With winter finally arriving in places like Vegas and Palm Springs and Arizona, those kinds of places. But we're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'll tell you about uh, this really cool product that they sent me to sample, and then we'll get to the rest of our show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, before we get to our first guest, I want to share with you some information about uh, a company, a brand that I am just so in love with their fashions. I'm talking about Rose Paulino, rosepaulino.com, and that's R-O-S-E, P is in paper, A-U-L-I-N-O.com. Go check this website out because... Especially ladies, this is uh, for ladies. If you are really into looking your best, looking fashionable, and who isn't, without being too hard on the budget, Rose Polino designs are what you need to look for. I was so blessed and fortunate that the company sent me one of their um, very beautiful, stylish denim jackets uh, that has fringe uh, down the sleeves. It's just very beautiful. I'll tell you more about it in a minute. But one of the really special aspects of the Rose Paulino brand is that they, first of all, they are one of the hottest Latinx designers out here. Uh, but it's not only about looking great and having beautiful fashions. This is a company that has a heart to give back to the community. Uh, they are a community-driven uh, their principles are front and center. Not only is the clothing line focused on empowering women, its founder, Rose Paulino, is also giving back to the foster care community from which she used to, once upon a time, was a foster child herself. Just helping foster kids to, to focus on whatever their dreams are. And a portion of sales from the fashions is donated to kids in foster care organizations. Now, Rose, obviously, she has come such a long ways from her years as a child growing up in the foster care system. Her dreams of being a designer have been realized, I mean, in a big way. She's been featured in Vogue magazine, Vanity Fair, Tatler magazine, House and Garden, also for her really distinct style and approach to fashions. Now, uh, these clothing they are, the, the, the various items, they are made to order with uniquely, very uniquely crafted style prints and patterns. Now, going back to my jacket, I was so excited when I pulled it out the box. The jacket that I have is, again, it's a denim jacket, and it's, uh, the style is called The Harper. So, again, if you go to rosepaulino.com and just look for um, The Harper, Beautiful, because I'm originally from Texas, and so I love denim and fringe and all that, and this jacket delivers. It has um, fringe trimmed, as I said, down the sleeves, Western accent, Western style. It has uh, chest patch pockets. Uh, There's a slit in the back, and what I really especially love about it is that it has that oversized fit to it, so you can just kind of look... You know, it's not too snug. It just it just looks really cool. 
perfect denim jacket for not only fall, winter, but if you look in an area, well, you know, at night, maybe in the evenings, uh, even if it's summer or spring, especially if you live in regions where it's not extremely hot. But, I mean, hey, we're here in the, in the desert, and at night, well, why not have a cool jacket like this, especially when you go in venues where maybe the air conditioning is extremely cold. It's just a good-looking jacket to have at any time. Now, uh, again, it's called The Harper. You'll see it. Go to the website, Rose, R-O-S-E, Paulino, P-A-U-L-I-N-O.com. This particular jacket comes in small, medium, large, and extra large. When you go to the website, please look at everything because this site, this company not only has, uh, the you know, the stylish uh, jackets for, you know, fun and, you know, just having a fun trip. Check out the dresses. Check out, there's a tab that says jumpsuits. There is a jumpsuit that I especially love. It's called, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Evolette, E-V-O-L-E-T, the Evolette jumpsuit. Please look at this jumpsuit. It is just fabulous, especially with the New Year's Eve celebration coming up really soon and we're in the holiday season this is just a great looking jumpsuit to wear anytime any time of the year the harper jacket i don't have to tell you great for a gift well just keep it for yourself like me i'm not leaving no one gets this jacket this is just for me only so, but again, go to rosepolino.com. She just has so many good-looking items and good-looking dresses and jumpsuits and slacks and just just go look at it. But that Evolette jumpsuit, if there's anybody out there that would like to gift me that jumpsuit, uh, you know you can reach me, info at filmfestivalradio.com. I am available for gifts. Yes, I am. Thank you. But anyway, um, thank you to the people at Rose Polino Designs for gifting me with the Harper uh, beautiful denim jacket in fact i'm going to be wearing it this weekend so i might put some pictures on the uh, website there so okay we will be back with our first guest right after this more with film festival radio film festival radio with janice malone will be right back after this Okay, we have our first guest on board here on today's show. For those of you who still enjoy cuddling up with a real bona fide hardcover book, this is for you. Uh, our guest is a best, I should say, New York Times bestselling uh, and award-winning author. His name is Kwame Mbalia, and his latest book is called Tristan Strong Keeps Punching. And this book is uh, part three of a trilogy series. And so for those of you who are already familiar with the uh, Tristan Strong tr- uh, trilogies, the first book in the series uh, received the Coretta Scott King Honor uh, author honor award, I should say, but this one, this is uh, part three, and uh, they're calling it a very satisfying finale. So if you've got uh, the first two uh, Tristan Strong books, then you will definitely, definitely want to add part three here. Now, um, Kwame 
got just a, a tremendous opportunity uh, by way of uh, New York Times bestselling author of over 20 novels for young readers, uh, Rick Riordan. And he discovered Kwame and saw the writing talents that he has, and uh, he made sure, made sure that he brought it to the attention of his publisher, uh, Rick's publisher, and so and now the rest is history. So now the whole world is, of course, familiar with Kwame's talents as a writer, novelist for young adults, and the Tristan Strong trilogies there. Um, like I said, the first book received so many accolades, and it happened to be his very first book uh, when it was released uh, not too long ago, went straight to the New York Times uh, bestseller chart. You can't get too much better than that. So let's bring Kwame on board to tell us about Tristan Strong Keeps Punching. This is the final book in the series, the trilogy series. And so let's find out about it. And for those of you who already have uh, books one and two, I know you will want to know what is this next one all about? Well, we're going to find out right now. So let's bring Kwame on board right now. Hey, that was fast, Janice. They're ready for you. All right. Let's one moment. talk. Let's start talking there. Uh, all right. Kwame, you're now on the line with Janice. Well, good afternoon. Hi, Kwame. Good afternoon to you. So nice to chat with you. Uh, same here. Thank you for having me. Well, you've got uh, this new <coughs> excuse me, uh, book out, Kristen Strong Keeps Punching. Um, Kristen, Tristan, I should say. I have a cousin named Kristen. I'm, Kristen's on my mind. Tristan is, is strong, keeps punching. So uh, this is a part of a series. So what can we expect? Uh, of course, we want everybody to run out and go get the book. But Tristan, where do we find him? This is, I understand, the third and final book in the series. So what is Mr. Tristan doing now? Oh, Tristan, you know, Tristan's been through a lot. Uh, in book one, he punched the hole into a different realm and helped uh, combat a great evil. Um, in book two, he dealt with uh, the trauma that uh, fell from that and returned to that realm to help rescue the people in trouble. And in book three, you know, Tr Tristan has his own life. Tristan is a seventh grader. He's going into the eighth grade. School is about to start. Um, and then here comes his arch rival, his nemesis from book one, King Cotton, back to spoil everything with his own plans for our world. And now Tristan not only has to deal with finding a first outfit for the first day of school, but also has to combat this villain. Uh, I mean, things, there's only so much a rising eighth grader can take. <laughs> no, I mean, it's tough being in the eighth grade if you're Tristan Strong. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it really is. So, okay, I understand this is just the final series, book three, so any particular reason why you're stopping it at book three, or, or what? I mean, Tristan's story, um, it really, uh, it's really been told. He has transformed into uh, the person that he didn't know he could become at the outset of book one. He's really come into his power, and he's learned that he has the ability to not only affect change but to help others in doing so. 
um, and help himself as well. And so once you really have that transformation, you know, it, that arc has kind of come to an end, and it, it's sad and it, it's bittersweet. But, you know, we, we love to see that. We love to see growth. And so now it's time to see if, if we can have some other characters transform and grow. Is there uh, a possibility that the series, uh, the book series, can go to, you know, animation or maybe television or film or, or what? I think, I mean, that's every author's dream. There, that is, you know, to have the adaptation of, of uh, film or movie or, or, or TV series um, or Netflix or Hulu or where have you. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the dream because not only does it uh, – um, reach new audiences, but it drives them back to the book and back to the series. Um, and it's just a different way of, of telling a story. And once you get, you know, people engaged with the story, that's what really hooks them. Now, have you found, I know uh, this, this particular series is really um, the, the strongest demographic of young African-American kids in a certain age group, but are you finding that other uh, ethnicities of kids are enjoying the, the Tristan Strong series or, or what? Absolutely, and, and I, I use this analogy all the time, um, and it's the analogy of the birthday party. So with the birthday party, you are celebrating someone. And, and with Tristan and, and a lot of the books that I write, you know, I'm celebrating, you know, the, the, our, our African-American youth and our African diaspora youth. Um, and this is, you know, connecting them and, and glorifying their heritage and, you know, giving them a chance to participate in a fantastical adventure um, with whimsy and wonder, which is great. Uh, but just like at a birthday party, everyone is welcome. We're all welcome to celebrate and to, to cheer on and enjoy these stories and engage with them. Um, I think everyone will find empathy with Tristan and, and uh, his friends he makes along the way. They will cheer, not cheer, but cheer King Cotton uh, and boo him as they rightfully should. Um, because just like at a birthday party, you're going to get a slice of cake. Maybe you go home with a goodie bag. Maybe you play in the ball pit or pin the, hail, uh, pin the tail on the donkey. So everyone is welcome because everyone is going to have fun, even if we're celebrating one person or one group of people in particular. Yeah, you're right about the birthday party analogy because, man, that birthday cake takes good no matter what zip code you came from. Just love me some birthday it, cake. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It does not matter. It really doesn't. So, okay, uh, what's next project-wise for you? I am super Super excited to announce. It just, you know, the news released on Friday, actually, that uh, Tristan Strong punches a hole in the sky, will return uh, in August of next year as a graphic novel. And so we were wow. talking about adaptations and reaching new audiences, and this just gives another opportunity for a different group of readers to engage with the story. Ah, so Tristan was kind of all grown up almost, so to speak. Well no, it's it's the same it's the same story. It's just it's represented as a graphic novel. Oh, as more graphic wise. Okay, okay. Well I know the fans are gonna love that, of course. As well. Absolutely. Definitely. And you can actually get a sneak peek of it right now on readreordin.com. They have uh, a couple panels of the graphic novel up there. 
Okay, so just go to his website, and there you are. I know I'm probably going to get cut off, but can you just quickly tell us how did you meet Rick and, and got you really, really, really got your career started? So can you give us a thumbnail of that? Absolutely. You know, uh, Rick has always been one of my favorite authors. Uh, and when I heard that he was, you know, he had partnered with Disney to uh, launch this Rick Riordan Presents imprint and that they were looking for African-American uh, cultural stories and folktale, I was like, this is my alley. I've got to shoot my shot. You know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And so I wrote a, a three chapters and a synopsis and sent it on, and they loved it. And I've been incredibly uh, incredibly fortunate and, and blessed ever since to to be a part of the imprint and just to watch it grow and to see these three books really, you know, kind of take the world by storm and find their 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 readership. Well, it sounds like both you and Rick hit the jackpot and the three-point shot with each other because uh, it's a very good success story with both of you. And now, so we can just go to Rick, dot com and get a preview of uh, the graphic novel for Mr. Tristan there for your next project. Is that correct? You can find it there. You can also, we're going to link to it on my website at KwameAmbalia.com. Okay. We can find you. We won't miss you. So, okay. Um, thank you for the chat, Kwame, and for the work. Very satisfying book. I have some relatives who are fans of yours, and they were really happy to see the latest book. Tristan Strong keeps punching, and Tristan is just found his way in the hearts of millions of readers around here, around the world there. So thank you for your talents. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, we'll look to see you and chat with you hopefully next project. That we will. Okay. Take care then. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show. Don't forget to drop us a line. You can find us info at filmfestivalradio.com, and we will we'll say hello back to you. You see hello. See, you, we want you to say hello to us first, please, and then we will return the favor. Info at filmfestivalradio.com, and if you are a filmmaker, independent filmmaker, you have a film that's making the film festival circuit, you can also feel free to drop us a line about coming on the show to promote your film and tell us all about it, just as our next guest is about to do. Our next guest is Luke Benward, and he is a director, and he is the director of this new independent film titled Boys, B-O-Y-S, Boys. And uh, this is Luke's directorial debut, so this is a very special film in that regards as well. This film is it's a film short, but it packs a powerful message, uh, a powerful storyline, and it it just leaves you on the edge of your seat. It's not a thriller or you know psychological thriller genre or anything like that, but it leaves you on the edge of your seat of just going, wow. 
I want more. I want to see more. I want a sequel. I want a full-length film. I want a TV show or something. That's how strong this film is. It's uh, emotionally charged. And it's about the, the story. I'll give you some of the storyline. It, it depicts uh, the tale of two young boys. Uh, I think maybe the oldest one looks to be about 12 the other one about 10 or so 11 and they're friends and they're playing in the desert and they're just being boys boys will be boys playing in the desert hide and seek uh that sort of thing and then something tragic happens it's it's a, a loss of innocence it's um you know a gun is involved yeah, and so for those, you know, obviously here in America, especially uh, gun safety, gun control, gun laws, guns are just on the minds, gun violence and all of that is just on the minds of people every single day. So this is one of those uh, topics that uh, captures your attention, and it is very, very well done. Um the film has already qualified to be considered for a 2022 Academy Award when those uh, uh, announcements and nomina- nominations are made. Uh, when is that February or so? This one has already qualified to be considered. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it is worth it. It's very much worth worth it. So our guest uh, Luke Benward, we're uh, waiting for him to give us a call. Let me tell you a little bit about Ben. As I said, this is his uh, debut as a director. Uh, He's also an actor, a screenwriter, and a producer. He's been acting since he was only five years old. And he's been in films with big superstars such as Mel Gibson, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Melissa McCarthy. I mean, he's been with some of the top, the best of. And so... Now he is taking his uh, position behind the scenes as a director, and I think this first project as a director is a really good one. So, a green light is blinking to let us know that Luke is on board, and so we will bring his mic up and find out more about the making of his new film short, Boys, which is racking up a lot of attention on uh, the film festival circuit. So let's bring Luke on uh, right now and get to know him and more about his film. Let's bring him on. So, Luke, you, you, are, you made your directorial debut with this wonderful short, Boys. Thank you. It's, Thank you, yes. Just, um, I just love the film. Um, okay, I, I guess we could, without revealing too much here... It's, it's yeah. boys will be boys gone horribly wrong. I guess that's a good way to, to without giving away too much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is uh, definitely not a comedy. It uh, leans more towards tragedy. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of that's one of the the main themes is is kind of the the power that that statement possesses and and the washing away of of sins. I guess is kind of the the uh, most blatant way to put it, but I wanted to play with, with, you know, I think that's a, especially in the South, a very normal saying, and I remember hearing, you know, family members of mine say it growing up, and I always was just like, what does that even mean? Like, it just seems like such a cop-out. So, uh-huh. you know, I think that we, through, like, kind of the, the development of the whole 
short kind of found that line, and it, honestly, it was the title of the short for a while. Um, and then it, 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 we ended up simplifying it a little bit more, and, and but we kept that as, as kind of that button, that button ending. To further speak of the ending, it's just kind of like a cliffhanger that leaves, it just left me sitting on the edge of my sofa. I was like, no, no, no. So is there a sequel? Is there a full-length feature coming or, or what? Um, Please say yes. There, <laughs> there's room. I'll say that there's room, and there's obviously hopes for that. I, I would love to build this out further. I think that even in its shortened, in its shortened uh, place right now, um, that it's it's very layered and nuanced and, and interesting. So obviously, I, I, you know, I would love the opportunity to build it out, and, and I've, you know, through conversing with people, thought you know, a few different ways in which it could be, you know, we could we could either expand upon the story that is the short, you know, of the boys' day and and, and the events that take place or, you know, could uh, show that as, as kind of the backstory and then the aftermath of, of, you know, what Roland's life turns into and, and how that affects him and his growth and, and dives more into, you know, his father and his father's background and why that, you know, what are the building blocks of his life that that really instigates a decision like the one that he makes. So I, I think that uh, given the opportunity, I, w- I would love to develop it out further. But I think that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the, of the statement that's made with the short amount of time that we had. I, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that it's a testament to the passion of building it out is the the layers that were that were already kind of built into the to the uh, to the you know to the short. Well, you're right. It there are so many different layers and directions that definitely it could take. Because I am so curious as to the dad and the little boy and the the parents of the other little boy. I, I mean, I just want to see closure. <laughs> Right. I just want more. But, I mean, as a filmmaker, director, producer, writer, I know that's what you guys want the audience to want more. That's obviously part of the the whole reason you guys make movies. And so you got me hooked on this one. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. That means the world. Yeah, I mean, as a... Obviously, I'm I'm new to the uh, to the world of filmmaking. I've been writing for some time, and I've obviously I've been in the movie business my whole life. And I, you know, with that obviously comes a a uh, a passion for for stories and and really great movies. And and the ones that have really touched me are the ones that do have that statement and have these intangibles that when you watch them, you, it just causes you to really like open up your mind and think and and forces you out of your shell and and that's really that was the goal behind this one was you know let's not let's let's tell a real story but let's layer these little nuances in to really kind of catch people's eye and i want different people to you know pick out different things a lot of people are affected by the dad a lot of people are affected by the the you know the 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 twists a lot of people are affected by some of the smaller things like there's like a fly that was layered in that, you know, kind of happened in the day, but it's this haunting thing where, um, 
you know, every time danger is afoot, this fly is is yeah. is like almost kind of haunting over these kids, and and so yeah, I, I think that the goal really was was to create a story and create um, a lot of themes that all work together to really just force people to to sit and be like, hmm, hmm, you know? very much. It got me from the very beginning, the very first scene. The music. Who? What group? Who is that with with that hip hop song? Um, sorry. What was the question? The the opening scene with the music. Th- that yeah, music yeah. is killer. Who is that? <laughs> oh, it's Afro Man. Oh. Um, he's yeah. He's like uh, I. I don't. I don't know why that song hit me all of a sudden, but I was thinking of you know I wanted to establish that. This kid was, you know, uh, you know, the the fact that he was struggling and and all that kind of stuff with with his his at home his family life I think was made apparent by the themes and and some of the background action that was happening. Um, but I wanted to, you know, make a statement about his mindset and him wanting to both escape from his reality but also assume a identity. And I just remembered back to being in high school and the first time I heard that song in particular, and it was one that was, I was just like, what? This song is like, you know, I was, I was a very sheltered kid. And, and you know, I, I heard that song and I was like, oh my gosh, this song is like, this is a lot. And I remember the kid who showed it to me and he just kind of embodied this energy of, of, you know, a false persona, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, as you know, you know, you know, Franklin, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I, yeah. I think that, that it uh that's kind of why it jumped out to me and not to mention it's a it's a such a groovy and fun and happy song very i wanted to start it off with just that like cool here we go this is about to be a fun short you know Mm -hmm. this is about to be two kids having like i just wanted it to be really really lighthearted. but then the lyrics of the song have to do with you know drugs and alcohol and, and guns and all these kinds of things uh that are like hidden beneath the happy tune so it just uh it just kind of hit me and then uh we got some really phenomenal composers to come on and and bridge that gap between the hip-hop opening to kind of the wonder and purity of two boys playing outside the wilderness and just having fun and you know zeal and and just they did a really great job of it took some kind of massaging to really bridge that gap from hip hop to, you know, more of a, like a, as you heard, kind of popish, mm-hmm. um, very, you know, we, we tried to draw from succession. I don't know if you watch succession, um, for like more of the plotting base and, and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, the music took, took a second and we have two composers that came on and, and really knocked out of the park. So yeah, I think the music is, one of the things I'm I'm most proud of. You should. I love music and, and film. You know, I yeah. think that it's it's so vitally important. Oh yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you you really should be good. Very good job on the soundtrack. And to further speaking of doing a very good job, the two young men, the boys. Oh my goodness, they did a phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. job. Now, are they oh, yeah. Nashville-based actors, or, or where are they from? No, no. Yeah, so we shot in L.A. I live in L.A. now. I moved okay. here okay. probably nine years ago. Um, 
I was a child actor growing up, so I did like the back and forth thing, and then uh, finally moved here for like my senior year of high school. So, um, no, they're both they're both LA actors. Um, August, who has curly hair, he plays. Um, uh, oh crap! I can't remember his name. Roland and. Uh, right if we're saying goodbye um we'll just edit he and i had worked together before on a uh like comedy sitcom uh for disney channel i did like a few episodes there and so i worked with him i met his mom and we were looking trying to you know cast these boys and i just you know, i was like i wonder what august maturo is up to and so i went and checked out his imdb and saw that he had been doing some some more dramatic pieces since and and uh was really growing up into and when i worked with him he was probably like eight nine and now he's like 12 13 and really growing up and and so i watched his stuff and it was great so i just wrote a letter reached out let him know kind of what we were going for and and um we got really lucky with him and then same thing with Cameron Crevetti, who is a phenomenal young actor. He's working a ton. He was, I mean, he's on Boys, not to be confused with the short, but Boys is the show on uh, Amazon about, you know, the superheroes. It's the Seth Rogen-produced show. And so he has a long, long uh, arc on that, and he's on Big Little Lies, and he's just really, really, really phenomenal, phenomenal actor. And me and him share a manager management company I guess I should say so I got really lucky with him I hit on my manager to see what young talent is is uh is making a name for themselves and Cameron came up and and uh we got lucky that, that he wanted to do it too so yeah I mean the the, the short rides on the shoulders of Cameron and August you know it, it's you can only do so much with the lighting and you can only do so much with the music and all that could be perfectly in line but you don't buy it unless those two boys go through the wild range of emotion that they were able to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, the success of the short is, is on their shoulders. And they nailed it. Oh, my goodness, did they? Nailed it. They just yeah. nailed it, pulled the nail out, and re-nailed it again. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> they oh, did. Absolutely. I was like, wow, look at these kids. I, in fact, I... I've played it like three times today. Cause, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I there's some it. moments that, like, I've seen it, you know, double-digit times easily, mm-hmm. you know, over and over, whether it's just pieces of it or the whole thing. And, and every single time there's moments that I discover something new every time I watch it or I get chills and, you know, tear up every single time. My girlfriend's the same way. She's, she's a producer on it as well. Um, Ariel, and um, every time she watches, she turns to me and she's like, "I'm tearing up again." <laughs> like, it's just it's that's I think a testament to their their just talent and level of commitment is that they just uh, fully, fully like gave themselves to the character, and and it's it's hard to watch. I feel right, you know, it's like it's just so hard to watch them struggle. It is that the, the latter few minutes is like, oh no, this cannot be happening. Yeah. And it did. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 
Wow. So, okay, the film, obviously, uh, we don't, I don't even have to ask you, what do you think is about the film that everybody, uh, no, the film just speaks for itself. So in, in saying so, it I, has qualified to be considered for an Oscar. So what, what, what does that feel like your first time out as a director? Oh, I mean, it feels phenomenal. I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad that, you know, I was able to translate this art in a way that, that it affects people. You know, I, I think that's really, that's the goal. And, and, you know, this whole Oscar run for me is, is just a confirmation that, um, you know, I, I was able to translate these emotions through motion picture to actually affect people in a real way. Um, so I'm excited for the future. You know, I don't, I'm trying to mitigate expectations and just have fun and be along for the ride. And a lot of this is way just like, you know, over my head. I, I have an incredible team of producers around me who are spearheading it and, Andrew Carlberg, who's won this before, is like, you know, really just like kind of leading us into what I would consider the unknown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm honored, I'm flattered, I'm, I'm just very, very excited, and and uh, I hope that it, you know, opens doors for me to continue to to translate art and to continue to, you know, create things in the future. Is, is, Well, now, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you've been in the entertainment industry as an actor since you were five years old, and you've worked with some of the top names, Melissa McCarthy, Mel Gibson, Jennifer Anderson, so many. So now that you you are having this great success as a director, do you have plans on going back in the front of the camera, or are you feeling more comfy behind the scenes now? (laughs) Um, you know, I loved directing. I truly felt like it was a completely different muscle, and I felt like I came alive in a completely different way. Um, so I love that, and I'm pursuing that very hard and looking for the next opportunity. I'm also just producing some things. I have a film that is an indie that that we're hopefully going to be filming at the start of, like, you know, midway January, start of February. Um, I've also been writing for a while these last few years, so I'm putting in a lot of my free time uh, behind the camera and really trying to get that going. But I still love acting, and, and I'm still auditioning heavily. And, and uh, so the answer is yes to all of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of just diving in headfirst to give myself to just the art of making film, really in any way I can, whether it's whether it's uh, you know acting the ship or mm-hmm deckhand or you know one of the uh one of the other assorted assorted and very important jobs that it takes to complete this task so yes yes i still love acting um but i'm just trying to uh diversify myself (laughs) well now obviously uh the film boys is uh, doing the film festival circuit and doing quite well uh are you is that are those the plans to continue the film festival circuit for the rest of this year or can the public see it uh streaming soon or, or what um yeah so i to be very honest am 
not as well versed in that side. I think I'm pretty sure that the plan is to continue the festival circuit. I know that we're waiting on a handful of of uh, more festivals we submitted to that are coming up this year, like Sundance and and um, uh, I think TIFF perhaps uh, is the other one that we're waiting on the two really really big ones. So I know that there's a handful of festivals that we're still going to, um, and you know with the the whole Oscar campaign, I'm not sure really what the protocol is for the public consumption yet. Um, however, as soon as we're able to, it'll be up and shared. And, you know, my goal is obviously as, as kind of the art brain on the team, I want everyone to see it, right? But, yes. but uh, the people who understand the process know that that all in good time. So I'm just kind of, you know, along for the ride and, and – I'm waiting for that go-ahead, but yes, eventually, hopefully, sooner rather than later, it will be up for for everyone to see. I want everyone to see this movie short. I really, really want everybody to see this. And then it will make sense as to why I am such an advocate to continue it to to a full full feature film, I'm trying to say. People will say, oh, no, I get it, I get it. (laughs) It's just begging Begging for a sequel, please. Well, yeah, that'd be fun. Hopefully, we get our same two boys too. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, now, um, social media handles or website that people can follow the success of the film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Instagram is kind of our main uh, social media we use. Okay. And that handle is Boys the Film. That's an easy one. Boys the film. And Boys the film, yeah. Keep it simple. Okay, I love that. And well, we will definitely, I know I will definitely keep pushing and putting the word out. Uh, when I love a film, I just tell everybody, please, go oh, see it. Oh, well, thank you so much. Very, very good job there. Uh, I even you. like the, there's a scene in the desert, and it's this, what is it, a tree or a plant? It kind of looks like Joshua Tree somewhere with this the yeah. it's just beautiful. I was like, man, I wish that was a poster. Just gorgeous, right? Just gorgeous. <laughs> just gorgeous. Yeah, we have a lot of good uh I had a buddy come out while we were shooting and, and he just kinda took pictures of the ambiance and all that. So we had a lot of good pictures to choose from of yeah. of the landscape out there. It was it was a place called Victorville. Um it's about an hour, hour and a half outside of LA, like on the way to Vegas. So okay. it was definitely like in the middle of nowhere, like little desert town. Well, I just happen to live in Vegas, so uh, I kind of got the feel <laughs> of that. I would love to pass through Victorville now to see this. Yeah. To see what it looks like. I haven't it's been. Ba- Lovely. It's basically like I can't remember what the highway number is, but uh-huh. you know, like when you take what is it, like the five uh-huh. all the way. I'm trying to remember. I've dr- I've drove I drive to Vegas all the time. My girlfriend loves Vegas. Uh, so we go often, and my dad's been doing a, a show in Vegas for years now at Mandalay Bay. Um, so I frequent Vegas often, but it's off like one of like the side highways, um, kind of like a two-lane road kind of thing. One of the one of the original like state routes. I okay, think, that's okay. what it would be called. Well, um, your dad's show. What's 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 his name? His name's Aaron Benward. And he started, I want to say, like a little over 10 years ago, he started. uh, It's called Nashville Unplugged. And he started at Green Valley Ranch 
and then went to Red Rock, and then uh, I don't, I'm, I'm a little bit fuzzy on the timeline, but he's been in Mandalay Bay now for a while, uh, playing. It's in the casino, um, and it's basically it's a in Nashville. You know the you know the uh, Bluebird Cafe. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically. Well, Luke, I tell you, it's been such a delight chatting with you. Thank you for giving me such great backstory notes about the film, boys. And, Absolutely, um, yeah. Thank I'm you gonna, so much for taking the time. Yeah, I'm going to be cheering extra loud for you and your film uh, to make that final cut to be for an Oscar nomination. I, I really am, because I love this film. I really do. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means the world. Okay. Well, thank you for the call, and uh, we will follow you um, on Instagram with the success of the film. Incredible. Thank you so much. Have a oh, great rest of your day. Okay, you do the same then. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Oops. Okay. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.